0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Tim Barley. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome to Behold... Episode sixteen, it is, which That's is crazy number. to think about. Crazy to think that we've been doing this for sixteen
1: whole weeks. It's a sweet sixteen.
0: <laughs> oh, it's like a birthday party for us. Uh. Well, uh, hello. If you don't know me, my name is Sean, and I'm here with Dan and Tim.
1: Say hi, guys. What's up, everybody? What's up? <laughs> wow, that was nice. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so, so Tim, I. Um I know I know this podcast is about beholding the glory of God in the Amen. face of Christ.
2: So let's keep it there. But
1: right now I'm just beholding your mustache. <laughs> the glory <laughs> of your mustache. Looking amazing. Now here's the deal resist the temptation to please to to shave it off because I know <laughs> wow. that whenever someone draws attention to something you love to just change it up. Um also uh uh yeah you're clicking your pen a lot and it's it's probably going to come up in the podcast so <laughs> Stuff for those of, for those of you listening at home, I'm, we're going to leave that in the podcast because from day one, whenever we started recording stuff to to do, um, you know, church at home, BBC at home, wow. Tim is like constantly clicking his pen. It's my way of a thinking, thinking and machine. processing. You can go back and listen to some of the old ones and and just listen for his little pen clicking. It's pretty cute. I
0: think it's a power move. Actually, it's like an oh, executive wow. move. Okay, thanks, guys. Some people do the ring tap. He does exactly. the pen click.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, so Tim, um, we haven't had you on the podcast in a while. Uh, I think it'd be great to, you know, just to um, check in a little. I know, I know that um, as uh, an elder in our church and as um, executive pastor, I know that you carry a lot and you have a lot of different roles in ministry and um, you got you're just you're dealing with a lot. And I, and one of the things I really respect about you, Tim, is is you bring that to the Lord. And I know that you let him. Um, minister to you and you find your rest in him. Um, but it, additionally, beyond that, like, what are you doing? What do you do to like, relax and unwind? And, you know, I mean, I know in the past, like you've gardened or, or you know, whatever, like, what are you doing during this like weird season to, to just like, relax and just have have some leisure time?
2: Man, thanks for asking. So Growing this mustache takes a lot of attention.
1: <laughs> it's put a lot of a lot of time into the, the
2: mustache. gardening of the face.
0: <laughs> you
2: know, I I have taken up running again. Ooh! So I get out and run, and the Iron Horse Trail is near the, the house, nice. near where I live. And so it's been great, and I've started to see similar. You know, people the same time, oh, cool. the same folks. So
1: just kind of, yeah, no, so just kind of a nod. Yes, yeah, I'm. That's, as awesome. so that's
2: been that's been really a, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I get out and drive. I, I went up to to visit some folks in Tahoe this past weekend, nice. which was like another world up there, and did some cliff jumping nice. and some boating and had a had an amazing time while being safe and cautious and all that. So. Yeah, it's it's been I, I I'm like you guys. You know, when it's time to work, I work. But there's always opportunities to get out and, and have do fun, fun things. Yeah. yeah. So
1: I do appreciate that about you. Good, man. Well, it's good to see you. It's good to have you back on the pod. Thanks. Thanks.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing. Um, so we on Sunday heard from Mr. Charlie Mang, who finished us off in the second half of Romans fourteen. And, you know, we've been uh, centering on this idea that Paul gives us about how do we handle disputes with brothers and sisters? How do we do that in a way that um, is honoring to God and is loving to them? How do we do that in a way that doesn't cause them to stumble or to grieve or all those things? And so Dan and Tim, as you guys were listening to Charlie teach from that second half of Romans 14, Uh, What are some of those things or key verses that immediately uh, jumped out at you?
1: Well, first off, I just want to say, just, I just want to, for whatever reason, as I was going through this on Sunday, just, I was just filled with gratitude and appreciation for our teaching team Mm. and just their commitment to, to, um, just to help us interpret scripture and to go verse by verse and, you know, uh, to do exegetical expository teaching, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're not concerned with, you know, just sharing their, their opinions or their, or their, um, you know, stories about their life. Uh, obviously, that's, that's always a part of it. But, but just, you know, starting with, with, um, I know Gary, Gary Darnell is just uh, really training these guys to, to go verse by verse. And I just, man mean, I, I don't know if that is the tradition for a lot of churches and I'm just so grateful because it's such a powerful way to hear from the Lord and to, to be built up and edified. And so just as I was listening, I just, I I, I want to just give them a little plug and just say thanks. Cause it is something that was really stirred in me as I was listening.
2: you, I don't guys, know if you guys feel the same way. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's, it's easy, especially when, Everything around us is just like crying out, address this, address this, address this. And not that we're scared about addressing things, but we have an agenda, and our agenda is teaching the Word of God to equip people and just making sure that that is absolutely foundational. I I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to recently who have said, thank you for staying faithful to teaching the Word, going through what you're going through, and reminding us that this is the the rock of our lives, the bedrock of our lives, the the truth of the word of God, because once we deviate from that, then we are susceptible to all kinds of other campaigns, ideas, and we have to be able to filter filter them through the 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 word of God. And so again, we keep going back to that and saying, yes, let's talk about let's talk about, you know, current events and things of that nature absolutely, but that's on Sunday mornings. What's our purpose? Correct. correct. What's our
1: purpose? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that is really important to keep in mind is we're not we're not kind of the ostrich with our head in the sand and just ignoring what's happening in in culture and in the world, but we don't want to be be consumed with that, especially when we have this mandate from from Jesus, it passed down to the apostles, passed down to us. Hey. Teach the Word of God when you get together. And even though we're not getting together physically, we're gathering online these days, our, the mandate doesn't change. We, we're to teach the Word of God and let that have its effect. And, and then we can get into some of, the, some of the maybe things that are happening in, in culture, like in, in venues like this on the podcast or in small group settings, things like that. So I'm just, I'm just super grateful for uh, the, te- the teaching team. And yeah, it was a blessing to hear uh, from them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to to tag onto that, you know, I think people sometimes forget just the importance of really understanding biblical context for things for two different reasons. One, you know, God has intentions for some of these words in our own lives. He uh, has intentions for us to understand these truths and through that be renewed and transformed into his son, Jesus. And we're missing out on that if we take and pick and pull pieces of scripture. I mean, only do that. But also, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever felt this way. But there's a lot of people out there who are opposed to our faith. That's just the thing.
1: That is the real deal. Yes.
0: That's the real deal. And we need to be able to um, speak truth about the Bible. And we just can't do that if we don't have a deep understanding of the context in which these things are happening. You know, I'm sure you guys have seen this where someone takes something from the Bible completely out of context and tries to wield that against us. And if we haven't done that work of understanding what the true context is, that is, yeah. is of that, we're defenseless. We don't yeah. know what to do about that. So don't be that guy.
1: There you go.
2: And that's why this passage that that Charlie tackled this week and that David Sunman had tackled the week before is so important to us because the issues that Paul addressed weren't these vile issues of sinful immorality. They were more uh, issues that were of, of of lesser lesser significance, important, but lesser significance. And so for us, as as followers of Jesus, it's important for us to learn how to navigate through those things before we start thinking about getting into some of these headier things so how do we even how do we even talk about matters like Paul addressed were matters of, of the diet and matters of the calendar right so let's figure out how we navigate through those and then we'll have hopefully the the grace and humility to be able to navigate in the more the more heady, you know, vile, immoral issues.
1: Right, and and both both David and Charlie gave us some modern day equivalents, some some examples. He talked about. We actually even talked on the podcast about about this. Uh, you know, wearing the mask, but but Charlie brought it up this week. You know, vi- violent movies, uh, types of music we listen to, dancing, schooling, drinking, things like that. And and I th- I think to your point, Tim, it's very important to make sure that we are on the same page in terms of the category of life that we are addressing. Yeah. So, so Paul in this section is really, you know, getting into how do we deal with disputable matters within the household of God? Um, And then what are the dangers of, of misusing our freedom? And uh, I think making sure that we, we don't kind of overstep and talk about some, you know that we're not looking at this with a scope that that is inaccurate or unfaithful to the text. I think that's really important. So, um, yeah. So that's that's I think a good uh, maybe place to start is like, you know, Charlie had that section in there about the dangers of misusing our freedom, and he there the text talks about being a stumbling block or a hindrance. You know, grieving someone, uh, destroying someone, condemning someone. What, what do you guys think when you? you know, when, when he was teaching through that and you read those words, like what, what comes to mind and, and um, I don't know, how does that help us with these issues?
0: Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, you know, I'm sure you guys have in your circles of influence and connection with people, you've seen some of these things. Cause I definitely have, um, whether it be on social media or just through spoken word with people or hearing about conversations where um, it just gets nasty disagreements can get nasty and initially we think oh man like they really got into it but if you stop for a second and do some level 2 thinking there like it really is a lot of these exact things like people are feeling condemned they're they're hindered in their faith because some of these things Um, people's opinions are becoming stumbling blocks to other people even within our own church family at times and it's definitely a concerning thing and I think um, can sneak up on you I think that the enemy is cunning in this kind of thing and oftentimes works to make our people forget about the weight and the power that their words and actions have on the people around them. Hmm. It's so easy to get so consumed with what we're thinking and feeling that we completely forget about just the, the waste that we can lay to those that we claim to love and are dear to us.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, there are those of us who you know, are giving Uh, opinion dominion, you know, over our lives. And so we're saying my opinions now trump, you know, everything. And we talked about this Sunday, you know, the the approach that we need to take isn't one of, you know, accusation, but one of conversation. So I'm not coming at you with accusations like, let me tell you how you're doing this wrong. And again, just the human nature automatically Puts up walls of defensiveness. We all three do that, you know. Come at me with an accusation, and even if I know you're right, my my knee jerk reaction often is going to be, I'm going to be defensive,
1: mm-hmm. for sure. As
2: opposed to coming at you with a conversation and say, Hey, can we talk? You know, uh, uh, about about this. And 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 a couple of new ground rules that I've that I'm inserting into my conversations. Once I feel like, okay, this could get heated. Is okay. Mm. First of all, two things. Can we keep this civil? Because if we can't keep it civil, there's no point. Not worth it. There's no point. Yes. Secondly, can we be okay with the fact that at the end of this conversation, we may not be in agreement? Mm. Because I am. I don't care who it is, I I can be in, in, in disagreement with you and still walk away from that conversation knowing that I love you, that I, I still you know, have you over to the, the home I live in. You I respect know? you. I'm not judging you. Correct. Or yeah. I can go to your place, but I'm okay. But those are, those are my ground rules. Can we keep it civil? And if we can, it's not worth it. Can we agree that by the end of this conversation, we may not be in agreement? And if we're not okay with that, then it's not worth it. It's not worth it e- e- either. That's so good. So those uh, have become, in recent years, those have become yeah. my new kind of ground rules for being able to enter into conversations with folks.
1: Right. And, and it's, almost like, it's almost like two um, questions we can ask ourselves to help us determine if it actually is a disputable matter as well. Because I know for me, that's one of the things that has been a little bit of a struggle for me in going through this text is what happens if there's a discrepancy? between two brothers on whether or not an issue is actually in the category of a disputable matter? Great question. You get what I'm saying? Yep. And and one of the the pictures I kind of got as you were just talking, first of all, uh, I don't know if you guys all heard Tim's Southern Baptist roots coming in right there. (laughs) (laughs) When you were like, don't give opinion, dominion, and... (laughs) It was so good. And then you did it again. You said, uh, what was the second it's, thing you said? It's it's not accusations, I have it's no conversation. Control. It's not accusations. No, oh, dude. This is the
2: Holy Spirit, bro. This is, this is not Southern Baptist, nothing.
1: I'm just saying you sounded like you <laughs> oh, sounded a like a
2: Baptist preacher. There. He's and trying to say
0: you brought the fire to him.
1: It was amazing. It's a good thing. Yeah.
2: Now we've got a matter of dispute. Okay. Okay, yeah, okay there
1: you go. <laughs> so so I love I love those two questions and I and I almost think I got this picture of there's, there's issues in our lives that must be solved. It's a problem. We got to fix it. There's other issues in our life that are attention to be managed, and we all experience these things in our family, in our work. Um, it, it just it's a part of life. And sometimes we will approach a dispute with a brother on one of these issues, and we'll say, "I got to fix this. I gotta I gotta resolve this." where maybe the, 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 the more beneficial approach is this is a tension to be managed. Mm. And one of the, one of the questions we can ask ourselves alongside those questions that Tim provided is, can there be credible people on both sides of of the issue, right? To, to dance or not dance, you know, to, to eat the meat, to not eat the meat. Um, can there be, uh, can I have, can I be on one side of that issue and love Jesus and and you know been re- regenerated by by the gospel and the, and and going to heaven and, and a true brother and then this guy over here who has the exact opposite opinion can he also have those things be true and the, and, and if we can say yes to both then it's a tension that must be managed not a problem to be solved well it's good so i i think that might might help too but any other thoughts from you guys in terms of like what happens if if two brothers are at an impasse in terms of, uh, you know, determining whether or not an issue is actually disputable versus, like you said, Tim, a, a blatant sin issue or some kind of essential doctrine issue? What do you guys think? What are some some things that might help folks if they find themselves in that situation?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think just before getting to that, like, I love how you just said the words, There's a, there's a tension to manage. I think that's really important to think about is that it's not just others attention period. There's a attention, and then because of that, we have to do some work on our end. You know, Tim, you just described that scenario where you lay out some of your boundaries now about what a conversation has to look like. And for a lot of people, the idea of saying those words you just said is insanity. It's so <laughs> uncomfortable. They would never feel okay doing that. Or they just wouldn't even think of it. They wouldn't even think of it. They just
1: charge in, right?
0: Right. Um, it, but in reality, like, especially those of us within the church who are claiming to be brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be comfortable talking about some of these things and, and knowing that we're still loved. You know, it shouldn't be this, this huge undertaking to just have some more intentional and serious conversations in this way without having feelings hurt. And definitely, you know, it's a hard thing to manage. That tact is, is a learned skill and it's hard to always nail it. You know, Tim, you never nail all the time. I don't nail all the time. No one's perfect in that way. Um, but we can't just do, say nothing. We can't just do nothing about it. There's that tension that we have to manage. And so I have uh, two things that have been really helpful for me in some of these situations is uh, in conversations with people, I guess three things. The first one that has really helped me probably the most uh, in a practical level is just listening to people. Is just being quick to listen and slow to speak, and you'd be amazed at how much that can do to just transform the entire atmosphere of that. Wow. Uh, cool. Even people that I completely disagree with, I'm like, hey man, tell me why you think that, or how would you come to that conclusion, or man, that's a good point. I never thought of that that way. Um, and just that 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 process of demonstrating that you're willing to listen can use so much to, to disarm people and not even just that. It's not even just a manipulative thing of disarming them is you can actually learn things. I've been totally informed through that and people that I completely disagree with. And it just helps me to better understand why I think what I think or why they think what they think or whatever it is. So the first thing is just shut up and listen. It's <laughs> hard as it sounds.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: And the second thing is pray. Absolutely pray for the situation yourself Pray even during the conversation, Lord, help me to have tact and to be loving and gentle right now. Lord, pray. For, I pray for this person, would you soften their heart because they're clearly angry or whatever it is. Pray together, like we mentioned last time That's on the podcast. Huge. Hey, can Love we stop that. and pray about this real quick? Love that. And the third one, which should be a huge one, obviously, is scripture. Look at scripture for these things. If you have an opinion about some of these things and you're unsure if it's a debatable thing or a non-debatable thing... And if you're thinking, oh, this is non-debatable, then you should darn well have a, a place in scripture that's making you feel that way. Do you guys agree?
1: Yes, that, that's so good. And and I I mean that goes back to what David was talking about is it's okay to have a conviction. And in fact, you should be able to communicate what your conviction is and why you have that conviction. Right? The 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 purpose of what we are doing is has to be central. So from what David talked about last week, the purpose is to is to honor. Christ, right in 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 the broadest terms imaginable, our life's purpose is to honor God, and then out of an overflow of that, we welcome and we love and we serve our fellow brothers and sisters, and that's why I love um you know how Charlie handled uh seventeen verse seventeen, and and eighteen and nineteen um, you know just talking about expressing um and exercising our freedom in light of the value of Christ and His kingdom. So the the purpose in all of these things is not to be right, or to have the best view, or to prefer. You know, uh, say that my preference is better than your preference. the The goal is is the kingdom. The goal is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The goal is for us to pursue what makes for peace and and the building up of of the body and if we, if we can really think about that in terms of, uh, of how we, how, what are the issues that we're disagreeing on? And, um, I don't know. I just think that that holding out the goal in front of us will, will always help us determine the minutia of how to get to that goal. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Tim, are you going to say something? No,
2: I was just going to say those, those are all beautiful principles and, and they're biblical and they're they're life-giving and they're l- loving and they're 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 demonstrative of humility mm. you know and a desire for us to look to the, the the word of god the benefit of one another to come up with solutions uh, to be able to navigate through what can become tricky matters dan i think you were asking what happens if we we've implemented all those tools, though.
1: But we still disagree. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, please.
2: And us. then, well, then we go to Second Corinthians 13, 1, you know, where God speaks through Paul and tells us that every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Mm. So now we say, okay, maybe it's time to bring in, you know, another party, Matthew 18, same, same principle. That's so good. Where we say, let's reason together. You know, let's Because who knows, there could be uh, emotional baggage between the the two parties. There could just be stubbornness or whatever it may be. So let's bring in—and that often does amazing things because with me, first of all, it puts me to a place where I'm thinking, okay, man, now I've— if I wasn't thinking humility before, I am definitely, definitely thinking humility now because I couldn't get this resolve between, you know, me and my brother help. or sister e- right. exactly. That's good. And so we bring in someone else to kind of help moderate through this and hear things that we can't always hear. And then either hopefully, you know, the the, the spirit reveals, okay, this was a matter, you know, that, that was prideful or... Stubbornness or whatever it may be, and and hopefully that produces what what needs to be produced. Clarity, so yes. clarity, yep.
1: and and really, don't you guys think this is kind of what we're doing right now with the plans to to reassemble? Absolutely, right? Because um, we we are seeking wisdom from the body through these surveys that we've done. We are um, we're, we're we're reaching out to other churches in the area and seeing what they're doing. We're obviously reading what the authorities are saying. Uh, the elders are are discussing. The staff is discussing. We're all just trying to figure out. Because I'm sure if you pulled everyone in the staff, we we all wouldn't be on the exact same page, mm-hmm. in terms of how and when and and all of that. So, it it really is, like you said, um, Tim. There's there's a there's a a beauty and and a, and a, even like an exponential wisdom, in in a council. And and so, yeah, that's I think a great principle for us to think about if, if it's one of these issues where we can't quite figure out, is it in this Romans 14 category or is it, or is it something, is it, you know, is it attention to be managed or is it a problem to be solved?
0: Yeah. And, and I think that with that too, like, it, I think it, it can be tempting to think of that as, all right, let's get this third person in there and then, Hey, tell Danny's wrong kind of thing. <laughs> um, of just right. that countenance of, of desperation or whatever that might look like. But I think it's so important with that seeking counsel and outside help, um, to just like you just said, Dan, have that that countenance, that spirit that we're really carrying being one of righteousness and peace and of joy and of not of of accusation like you were saying Tim versus conversation and giving your opinion, dominion and those things. Cause even like with the reassembly thing, like, you know, I've one way I've been really encouraged by Tim, you guys and the elders and just the way that we've been navigating through these things is, yeah, we're doing those things. We're asking the church for their thoughts and hearts. We're talking about our churches, but there's, there's never this sense of, desperation or of, oh, what are you doing? What are we going to do? Like, what are you doing at your church kind of thing? But
1: there's a peace. There's a a, a
0: total sense of peace and of, man, the Lord has got us in our hands and we're going to be okay. And I think even on a one-on-one conversation, uh, your own ability to demonstrate that same peace can still really shape the narrative in a beneficial way. Uh, Not to be dramatic, but uh,
2: the church has never been through anything like the, the American church has never been through anything like this where, where it has—and and, someone will probably historically correct me on this. That's fine. We'll get the fact checkers on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where there's just been so much individual opinion. And I, the reason I credit that is because—this uh, the, the, time in history—is because of how uh, social media has just increased this idea of everyone's got a platform, to be able to, and we've never had that before, and so it's kind of stirred this idea of, well, I've got something to say, I've got something, you know, contradictory to say, and we go back and and forth with that. I had someone call me just this past weekend and uh, said, okay, this is enough, okay, enough. Open up the church, <laughs> come on, and and so I'm thinking, okay, I agree. I'd love that to happen. Right. And they're like, you know, this has been too long. I'm like, yep, I agree. <laughs> and we, we miss each other. I'm like, yep, yeah. check. every Everything <laughs> this person was saying, check, 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 check. Um, except for so, oh, so you're going to open it up. I'm like, well, no, I can't. we don't we don't just do that. You know, we're, we're we, we believe in the plurality, you know, of, of elder leadership. We're also in, in this particular situation, we are seeking, you know, lots of input you know from local authorities from medical authorities from other leaders yep. you know from families within our church fam- you know community you know we're looking at all these different things and as we've talked many times you know on the podcast on Sunday morning there's this spectrum you know of of where people are at in different ways and so it's it is tricky you know and so we're praying we're we're seeking the the wisdom of God we're 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 trying to determine what is of of greatest glory to God? What is the greatest benefit to our church community? What's beneficial for our extended community and putting all those things in a pot and, you know, just navigating through all that. it's, it's very complex.
1: Yeah. And I think that is a great segue into, I just want to come back to verse 17. I mean, if there was one thing from, from this, 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 uh, last section of Romans 14 is that verse 17 is just sticking with me. It says for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy spirit. So, you know, these, these issues that, that we get sometimes divided over these trivial issues, these, these, these matters of opinion, that's not what the kingdom of God is is about. And, you know, even, even in something as major as, uh, as, as getting back, to To being together physically, I mean, it, we're at this point right now where if a church decides to do that or doesn't decide to do that, neither one is is a sin issue. Neither one is 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 it doesn't mean that either one is necessarily, um, you know, being disobedient to the Lord or or, or betraying, uh, you know, the call on, on their on on the church to to do what the church is supposed to do. It's it's really a matter of of wisdom and conscience and discernment and and the Holy Spirit working through that. So so I think we get bogged down on that stuff. And so what I like about verse seventeen is it is it it helps us think in in grand big terms like this stuff. We have we can't forget about the kingdom in this stuff. Yeah, I mean it makes me think about uh, you know Jesus talking in, in Matthew six like seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and and all these other things will be added to you and 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 in that context he's talking about f- our physical needs but but it but the principle applies is like man so i, I would love to just maybe talk about it on the podcast a little bit to help people zoom out a little bit and think about kingdom like we talked last week about being kingdom driven as opposed to being culture driven and i don't know like what are some things that we need to be focusing on you know jesus talks taught so much about what is the kingdom like and how might thinking through some of those things help us uh, with this issue? What do you guys think?
0: Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting is as you're explaining, you know, that conversation between two people and yeah, neither one inherently in having those opinions is being sinful and and dishonoring the Lord. However, so often, and we're seeing this all the time right now, both of those people could totally be having sinful attitudes towards one another towards a disagreement and be dishonoring to God in the way that they're carrying themselves. So it just, again, it points to this thing of like, the issue is not the opinions you're having. The issue is how you're handling them and how you're you're carrying yourself, what your character is like. And so speaking of character and this idea of being uh, kingdom focused. Yeah. I mean, it's important, I think to be spending time turning to the Lord. We've been saying this so much the last few weeks with everything going on, but keep saying, turn to God, turn to God, turn to God, turn to scripture, turn to scripture, renew your mind. But it's true. We know that through difficult things, God has a purpose for that. He's going to do a work in our lives in that, which makes me think of Romans five, you know, that, that in suffering and in hardships, uh, it's going to produce endurance, which will produce character, which will produce hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame. Um, and Charlie Ming in our staffing on Monday said something that has really stuck with me. I think you guys too since then. he's Someone asked him about what he's been going through with Sarah and kind of referencing that same process. He said, man, God has really taught me during this time that a defined hope produces a defined character. And I think that's so just striking to think about in this season Because it's not just a hope, it's a defined hope. We're turning to scripture, we're turning to God and spending time with him and asking for him to give us definition of what's to come, of the hope that we have in Christ. And it's going to produce a character which will help us in all these things that we're talking about. Having that defined character is going to help us to be able to be humble and give grace and all those things in the midst of some of these difficult situations.
1: Yeah, and I, I think about, just the way Jesus talks about his kingdom. He talks about it in in I mean it's this it's this it's it's a pearl of great price. You know, it's a treasure in a field. It's there there's a there's a value and and Paul talks about this a lot in his writings too that that there is I mean you can read about it in um uh I mean in Romans 8. You know, we looked at that when we were talking about heaven a few weeks ago that there's this um there's there's so much to come that will be so glorious you know just um fr- freedom from from sin uh, adoption as sons inheritance you know um just the glory of being in the physical presence of of Jesus i mean the, the list goes on and on and on and if we can orient our minds to think about the true value of not only Jesus but his kingdom as well and 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 that's why i love that verse 17 it's like Jesus is like, I mean, Paul is, is pointing our attention to the surpassing value of Jesus and his promised kingdom. And if we can wrap our heads around that, everything else just kind of falls into place.
2: And then becoming people, men, women, who consistently navigate through whatever comes at us in life with those principles intact so that it becomes this this default that whatever whatever situation, whether it's something as horrific as what Charlie and Sarah are going through, you know, or whether it's, you know dietary <clears throat> or calendar issues. <laughs> you know, we right. still this default is, so my hope, you know, in Christ, Crucified, resurrected, redeemer, savior of the world in my life, and my hope not in what this earth is going to produce, but in what is guaranteed to me beyond this life. That's what I fixate on.
1: That's the ticket right there.
2: That's mm-hmm.
1: it. Yeah, that's how we that's how we in practice um become kingdom driven, not culture driven. And there is there is a direct correlation between that and an input and we've talked about this already but i just want us our listeners to just think like what what is your input what are you listening to what are you reading what are you watching and is it is there an imbalance in your culture input versus your kingdom input mm. How much are you in God's word? How much are you just sitting in his presence? How much are you spending time worshiping him through song and, and getting out into his creation and and just reveling in his glory? I mean, how much are you uh, meeting in small groups and and studying the Bible together and encouraging other believers? I mean, th- those are those the input. There is a direct correlation between your input and then whether or not. You're culture-driven or, or kingdom-driven?
0: You know that's sort of t- t- piggyback on that, Dan. Man, people, we forget that we are we are vessels that receive information and we get filled up. You know, think of like a, a cup we fill it with water, and where where is our cup getting filled? And if our cup is filled with biblical truths, there's no room for all other stuff. There's no room for Satan's influences. There's no room for, for to be cultural-driven, culturally-driven. You know, I had a conversation with someone um, a couple days ago who is, was very worked up over one particular issue that we're talking about uh, regarding our church reassembling and stuff like that. And they just, they were citing all these different things and articles and news things and politicians. And I asked them and you've, I know you guys have had similar conversations with people, but I said, man, have you spent as much time in scripture and praying about this as you have referencing all these different materials. And they're like, Oh no way. I said, what do you think? Half as much. You spent half as much time praying, but well, not, not a no. Okay. 25%. <laughs> nope. <laughs> hey, what you, and I asked them, what do you think? How much time do you think you've spent in scripture in, and relation, praying, in relation to what you're doing, in yeah. praying for this issue, as opposed to uh, all the other media you're consuming. And they're just they're like, uh, 3%. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to give you a challenge and then we can continue talking about this after that. Try to change that and just see, just see what happens. See what the Lord's going to do with your heart during that time. They text me the next day and it's only been a day. So maybe they've fallen off <laughs> the wagon since then. Hopefully not. <laughs> but the next day they're like, man, I cannot believe how much God has transformed my heart in this last day. Oh,
1: man. Um, God is so good.
0: Yeah, God's so good and so faithful. And I think he just it, it, it reminds us that it's not on our shoulders to do this heavy lifting. We just need to turn to him and he will help renew our spirits in that way.
1: That is so amazing. Let me
0: deviate
2: for just a second. Please. And give a um, a word of exhortation to uh, mamas and papas. Because it is of critical importance that parents are infusing their children with the Word of God. Uh, and, and again, I think, again, the culture may... May make them well, there's all kinds of factors, but their own insecurities their their lack of confidence, but more than ever using the Word of God as the 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 the, the authority for how we address any matter is something that is critically important for parents to to talk to their kids about because they have access to so many other sources more than ever before in the history of the world do you guys agree with that yeah
1: and, i mean if...
2: and so man it is so important that 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 we are safeguarding the the minds the hearts of our children with the word of god and modeling how the word of god always prevails the the the, the Truth of God always prevails. And we've got to, you know, back to Deuteronomy 6, you know, where Moses wrote about this idea. Talk to your kids Mm -hmm. about these things as you're walking along the road. You know, when you're in the house, all those kinds of things. Let them see, hey, remember, kids, how we prayed for that? Look how God provided. And so we're letting them see the reality of these things. They're not just kind of, you know, ephemeral things that are floating around. These are realities that, that we day, absolutely that that we are modeling, that we're demonstrating, and that we're not keeping them between husbands and wives. We're saying, hey kids, we we pray, God answers. You know, we're we're confused, God clarifies. Gotta keep going back to that because I, I keep thinking. What a blessing it was that that a lot of the things that we're facing right now happened after school was out. Wow. OK, so now you that that, you know, kind of issue was removed from the equation. So now where where are kids? They're home. We can you know? talk to them. Yeah, we, absolutely. We have
1: the we have the influence.
2: But don't think that they're not being talked to by a bazillion other you know resources if, if you give them access to, you know, the World Wide Web. It's out there. So it's sure. out there. And so, man, it is just so important that we are raising up the next generation of kids that, that delight in the truths of the word of God and just love the Savior and understand what he's done for them. And they are doing what we're doing at their level.
1: And
0: that is so refreshing to hear, Tim. Um, and I think it kind of goes back to just the idea of the opinion dominion, you know, and, you know, speaking as a relatively younger person and just seeing some of my peers and the way that they're handling things and yeah, the culture these days, more and more so is becoming that way where what's most important is my opinion. What's most important is my idea of truth. And even just this concept of, oh, truth is subjective. Truth is a personal thing. So oh, I just, your
1: truth. What's your truth?
0: Yeah. What's your truth? Respect my truth kind of thing. And absolutely respect people, love people, love who God's made them to be. But Tim that's such a great reminder that no we need to be teaching kids now that there is a source for truth that we need to be turning to frequently. I love that.
2: Connie Johnson sent me a podcast I was listening to by this believer who's in the legal realm, the high powered, you know, upper echelons of what's happening, Supreme Court cases, all these kinds of things and He was saying—his statement was alarming, but I have not been able to shake it. He said that he thinks in his lifetime—and he's, you know, middle-aged to older guy— that Christianity in our nation could easily be identified as a dangerous ideology. A dangerous ideology. Just think about that for a minute. You know, we used to think, well, surely, you know, Islam— would be classified because of what we've been through, you know, as a nation. That that we could see that happening. But he was saying, no, just the way things are unfolding that that Christianity could be identified nationally as a dangerous ideology. If that's true, and we're talking about these guys that are, you know, shakers and movers out there, if that could be true, then again, back to what we're talking about, the importance of, of helping our children to recognize the, the foundational truths of the Word of God and to help them to see how it plays out. You know, not, not Sunday school. Not just theories. Right. right. You were know, we're talking about a, along the way, you know, as you go to help them see, look at how the principles of God are proving themselves to be valid and beneficial and and accurate.
1: Yeah, that's that definitely hits me me uh and it gives me a renewed excitement and uh and direction for making my time at home with the kids count. So that's good Tim that that definitely spoke to me. Thank you.
0: Man, so I think we're getting kind of ready to land the plane here on this this episode, but something I just want to leave people thinking on, um, which we've already hit several times throughout the, even just this episode, of. but it's just this idea of, you know, what am I most concerned with? What am I thinking most about? Um, and Charlie did a really, really great job on Sunday of just explaining a theoretical situation and, yeah, how easy it is to be more concerned with yourself than the people around you. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Like, what are some practical tools that people can be doing to be reminding themselves in some of these conversations and moments that it's not about me.
1: Yeah. Well, the first, the first thing that I just want to encourage everyone to do, and, and, and maybe you've already done it, but, but it couldn't hurt to, to return to it is the discussion and reflection questions at the bottom of the notes that Charlie provided for us on Sunday. So you can just go to our website. You can click, uh, watch BBC at home and, and you can get the link there for that. But the he, he asks us to, to evaluate and, and reflect on four questions that are, if we give them time, if they, if we really spend prayerful consideration on these things, they, God will speak to us and, and he will, um, he will help, he will give us some practical tools to, and some insights. I know he has for me. And one of the things that that I'll just share now is the question number three that that Charlie asks says, what do you do when it seems easier to just exercise your freedoms around weaker brothers and sisters? Right? So it's that, it's that kind of mentality where, well, I'm, I, I have Christian freedom and I have Liberty and, and I'm, my conscience is clear with behavior X and I'm just going to bulldoze through this situation and express my freedom. That's just what I want to do. And, as i was just reflecting on that today even i um we have we have a, a our staff gets together on, on wednesday mornings for prayer and we also um you know over zoom we, we pray together but we also share scripture that we're memorizing and uh, our wonderful community ministries pastor wayne johnson shared that he has been in this season re, re, uh memorizing 1st corinthians 13 and and just as i was thinking about number 3 that that attitude of like well, it's just easier for me to express my freedom. I'm just gonna go for it. I just felt like the Lord was just speaking to me like He just asked me, like, what is what does love look like? <laughs> right. And and a lot of times we hear First Corinthians First Corinthians thirteen read aloud at, at weddings. And certainly there's application there and it's beautiful. And and we love to focus on what kind of what is heavenly, godly love look like. But the primary context of this, as as many of us know, is is the the family of God, the household of God, the church. And that's really what we're talking about here in Romans 14 as well. And so I just want to just point out a couple of things. I mean, just listen to this, guys, and and just tell me if if there are direct lines that we can make to Romans 14. So verse four, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. <clears throat> it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Uh, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Um, and then it goes on to say in verse 13, uh, faith, hope, and love abide. And and of these three, three things, that love is the greatest. So, you know, just to, to be reminded of what, what we're talking about here is really about relationships. And the, the, the our obedience and our faithfulness to what Paul's calling us to in Romans 14 is, that's not an end in and of itself, right? And Charlie did a great job of talking about this. It's not we're, we're, us doing this or not doing this, being faithful to this or not being faithful to this. That That's really not an end in and of itself. The, the goal in all of this is it's about relationships. It's about a loving response to Jesus, and it's about a loving concern for others. And so I just have been thinking, and I just want to continue to think, what does love look like? And let, let that definition and that framework really govern my response and action. Beautiful.
2: My, my mom, her, her dad died drunk in a fire. And so she had really strong feelings about alcohol. You know, never drank, never wanted it in the house. And I just remember thinking, there's no way that I would ever drink because of my mom, you know? And and even though I have the freedom to drink as, as, you know, an adult man, it was just a painful you know experience for her and so she she never got around that yeah. and so for me i thought what a what a trivial sacrifice yeah yeah you know what a trivial sacrifice to 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 give to my mom uh, so just th- those kinds of things when you're reading that passage from 1st corinthians 13 just reminded me man there's so many things that 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 yes do we have the freedom and right to Absolutely, but what a what a beautiful opportunity for us to love someone that they may never realize. They may never realize. They just think this is what I, I want. This is what I need. And you may think I, I would be glad to to you know to to acquiesce to that. Yes, you know, and give you that.
1: And unity is preserved. I mean, that was one of the other things from Dave, David a couple of weeks ago. He was just saying the the goal of this is is so that nothing comes between us as a family of God. And, and if you would have chosen to exercise your freedom in that way with your mom, like it would, it would, it would put, it could potentially put a wedge between you guys. It's not worth it. It's not worth it.
0: I mean, I just, yeah. And I love Tim. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Just reminding ourselves that we are to be presenting our entire lives and presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. That should be our Like Tim, you said earlier, we practice these things and practice things so that when things come up, it is our go-to immediate natural response that we should have this attitude of sacrifice um, and through that worshiping God, giving glory to God. I mean, I would gladly give this opinion, whatever this drinking, whatever the thing is up for you because I love you and because it's going to honor you and honor God. Um, So yeah, I I think that's really counter to a lot of our first responses and a lot of our instincts. Mm. So you just sit on that. As you go about your weeks after listening to this podcast, um, pray, pray for that in your life and go do those action steps that Dan mentioned on the message notes this week. And, you know, we, I feel like we've been saying this so much the last few weeks, but we just got to drive it home that we as Christians are to be doing things during this time. We're not just sitting idly, observing the world we're we're doers of the word. Um, but we hear that and sometimes we think, oh, we got to go to battle. We got to go battle these people out there. When in reality, we know that we, we our weapons are of praise, that our actions are of renewing our minds through prayer and through scripture. And and it's just trusting that that when God tells us he's going to be doing a work through that, that we can trust him. He's faithful to those things. He's sovereign and he's faithful. So we can trust that that is enough for us to do those things. One last thing. Well, Go ahead, Tim. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I told you, it's a power move. (laughs) He's pulling the executive pastor rank on us.
2: Wow, you guys love to
1: do
0: that. I'm going to make him a pen, (laughs) executive pastor pen. Um, All right, guys. Man, we're we're, we're truly grateful that you choose to spend your time every week just listening to us um, and really thinking upon these things with us and discussing these things with us, uh, even from afar, you know, as always, if you have any questions about things or you have suggestions for things you want us to talk about on the podcast, we'd love to hear them. So go ahead and go to the, the show notes on the website and there's a button there to get in touch with us. But other than that, man, we're grateful for you. We're praying for you all. We love you all. And we're looking forward to being able to have some of these conversations with you face to face. Amen. Lots
2: of virtual hugs and kisses. Yes. <laughs> Love you guys.
0: Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out VBC.online forward slash Behold. Catch you guys next week.